It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. What's the deal with Santa Claus? Why does fruitcake get such a bad rap? And did grandma really get run over by a reindeer? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Warnasek. Christmas is the absolute best. It's a season for whimsical magic and joy. But if you stop and take a look at some of the songs and holiday traditions that define the season, they can get pretty weird. Every year we listen to a song about grandma getting killed by Santa's reindeer, and we get excited for an old rotund man dressed in red to break in our homes and eat all of our food. What is that all about? So what are some of the worst holiday songs of all time? What are some of the unusual Christmas traditions from all around the world? And why do we love them? Joining me now to talk all things Christmas is Fox News' honorary Christmas correspondent, which is a job I am so jealous of, and the host of Fox Across America on Fox News Radio, Jimmy Fela. And Jimmy was kind enough to join me now, even though he might be one of the busiest people in this building. What's going on, Jimmy? You name it. And she's not wrong about that. You're not wrong about that, Abby. First of all, ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, and all ho, that stuff. I know I'm, I'm dressed like a Santa that didn't get rehired this year at the mall. Like not you after are. last week. Kind of smelled like Merlot when he was doing the sleigh riding thing. I'm not Precisely. sure. You're the Yellowstone Santa. That exists. Yo, I love that. Yeah. Not, I'm not, I don't live at the North Pole. I live at North Face. Exactly. You know, the, the ski jacket company. He lives Watch at the out, North Kevin Face. Kevin Is what he does. That's really, really, really funny. Do you live in that home behind you with the American flag? Is that your house? No, that is uh, some of the fine, fine graphic design work of the media team here at Fox News. This is what adorns my radio studio when I'm doing Fox Across America, uh, weekdays from noon to three on the East Coast, not to make it all about me or the show you can listen to on the Fox News app or Odyssey or Spotify. Um, you should listen to that. I, I, I appreciate a good shout out, a good there plug. There it is. Um, <laughs> all right, so we're, we were just talking. You said you, you love Christmas. I mean, you are an expert in all things Christmas. You are the mm -hmm. guy to talk to. Yep. But I want to talk about all the weird things about Christmas. By the way, I, I wore this because I thought I was trying to go uh -huh. Christmas-themed, and I, just, yeah. I left my Western shirt in my closet, unfortunately. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on a second. Uh, shots fired, Hornacek. I take a lot of charges from you. Let's just acknowledge this, okay? This yeah, but you always is, get back up, and that's a true I, I know, story. but I came dressed as an ornament, you dig? I come dressed as an ornament that they were giving away at a garage sale. <laughs> There's no, no use for it. Jimmy, you are the yeah. ornament of Fox News because everyone likes to display you because you're on uh, every single show, so you are the ornament. So it makes right. sense. It's, it's a compliment. All right, really quickly, let's just clear this up for the viewers, okay? Okay. I'm not booked on these shows. I'm just good at sneaking past security. Of course. And once, once you're in a live shot, they're not going to drag you off on live TV. That's why I'm on all the time. Let's make yeah. it clear. Let's not mislead these people. But you were saying something about Christmas. <laughs> um, I have seen you sneak on to set many times. It's, it's truly, it's impressive. Um, but yeah, Christmas. So I think about Santa Claus. He's this very rotund man. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he delivers he delivers presents. He's yep. also Saint Nick. I mean, who is Santa? Wait, where does this all come from? Well, here's the truth. Santa's popular in this day and age, obviously, because he has brought gifts to children over the years. But adults love them, too, because he's their only friend that's not on Ozempic. Mm-hmm. And that matters. OK, yeah. the fact that There's Santa no is Santa's our last friend that hasn't given up cookies for Instagram. OK, <laughs> that's why we love him. We'll put out some cookies because here's the truth. At our core, we all want to be fat like Santa. OK, some of us can't, you know, health reasons, stuff like that. Maybe we work in different professions. OK, but who is Santa? Save for the guy everybody wants to be, which is everybody's happier here. They're so happy. They're giving you free cookies and milk. Yeah, you're giving their kids gifts. Yeah, that's what it is. Santa is the man. When we talk about like bipartisanship and how it's lacking in this day and age, kids who grew up in Democrat houses, kids who grew up in Republican houses love Santa because Santa's the guy. I mean, I would think the Democrats might be president. uh, You you would argue. uh, I know the Democrats would vote because he's giving away stuff. (laughs) So, uh. He's winning big in the states he needs, uh, but I'm just trying not to make this political. But that's what Santa is. Santa is a symbol of feel-goodery. In a world where there's so many opportunities not to feel good, Santa has been a constant drumbeat over the years, a source of joy. And I think that is the testament to his enduring spirit, is that we need joy, and Christmas is a season for joy. It is a season for joy. I have to tell you, I went to Santa camp, um, which now it's my turn to plug, that will air on Fox Nation. But I went to Santa camp and I learned about how all of these mall Santas, not all of them work in malls, but they are Santa's cousins and they learn how to be a better Santa Claus. And you just used the word feel goodery. And I was like, you know what? I think I've heard that word before because it is the word of Santa Claus. Really? He makes you feel good. He's jolly. He's happy. They throw out dad jokes or Santa jokes in this case. And it's a great thing. Oh, I love that. And uh, yeah. that. But that's how we got here. If people want to know how we got here, okay? okay. Everybody around the world wants to feel good, okay? Except and then they're, Jimmy, I, had, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I was blown away because I agree. People around the world, they want to feel good. I picture this jolly Santa. Of course, Santa looks different depending on where you are. Maybe if you're in Hawaii, he has a Hawaiian shirt. I don't yeah. know. But I saw in, in Austria, they have this creepy... Christmas guy named Krampus. And instead of naughty children getting cold, they believe this scary demon snatches up kids who've been bad. <laughs> Did you hear this? Is this true? I, I, all right. So let's jump right in. I can okay. confirm that this is a thing. And it's one of the other values that Santa represents to adults is crowd control. You have, <laughs> you have been scared. The looming specter of Santa coming. And not giving you presents because you were a bad kid. He knows when you've been naughty, knows when you've been nice. That whole thing, okay, is what we've used to enforce behavior in the household here in America for centuries. Krampus on the other side of this thing is that a little more aggressively. You know what I'm saying? You know, Krampus is playing the game on all Madden, okay? Santa's Madden. You know, it's playable. He's going to give you presents if you're good. He's going to give you nothing if you're bad. Krampus is all Madden. It's a very scary matchup because everybody on the field does not have your best interest in mind. But if you're trying to scare the kids into behaving, is yeah. he not valuable, Abby Hornacek? A lot of concussions. Kramp- right Krampus, Krampus. You growing up in a basketball family, Krampus is the Bobby Knight of Santas. <laughs> a lot of tough love, but he's going to make you a better player at the end of the day. That's a good way to describe it. I like that. Does Lincoln know Krampus? 
Uh, he knows of Krampus. Uh, but Lincoln. Do you enforce Krampus in your household, Jimmy? We're actually, we're not that bad. So Lincoln was always knocked out through the years by the elf on the shelf. Okay. okay. And the elf would report back to Santa. And Lincoln was more scared of the elf than Santa because, you know, the elf, you're, you're a bad right up away from ruining the whole barnyard jamboree. Um, so we had a proxy Krampus. You dig? We had the elf who was our kind of enforcer. Uh, by the way, people who are listening, Lincoln is Jimmy's son. Yes, Lincoln <laughs> is 15. We have one child. We decided to stop reading after the first report card. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. I was talking to my mom. They just visited my two nephews in Chicago. And she was saying, one of my nephews, Frank, they were watching the old school Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the amazing mm -hmm. one. It's like, is it claymation? Yeah, no, it is. It's but like, it yeah. looks kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah. And he was so scared of the abominable snowman, and he didn't want to watch anymore. And I didn't think about that. Was there ever a character that you were afraid of growing up? All right. So here's the thing. I really, as a kid, I really was scared in Frosty the Snowman of the man, the magician who wants his hat back from Frosty. Give me that hat I wanted back because really? it was going to kill Frosty. Of and course. as a little kid, obviously very pro snowman. I loved Frosty. I loved the whole puts the hat on happy birthday. And he, you know, leads them down through the streets of town, that whole thing on the parade. So I, I genuinely feared that man because he was, and I'm blessed for being able to say this. He was my first real exposure to someone who had bad motives. You know, I was lucky enough from the ages of zero to three to know people who I thought were above board. I mean, looking back, oh, my family. No, nah, I'm kidding. They're good people. Well, now you walk to work through Times Square and someone's yelling, oh. give me that hat, but for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> different animal now. Exactly. But, but I was scared of him. But since you brought up Rudolph, can I just give you a quick comment? Yeah, unless you're scared of Rudolph, then we don't want to hear it because we love Rudolph. I'm very pro Rudolph. In fact, I think the film is a must watch because it proves the importance of bullying in today's culture. You think about this, Ab, this matters. Of course. They bullied Rudolph, wouldn't let him join in any reindeer games. And he was like, I'll show you, I'm gonna make the front of the sleigh. And he did, he found his confidence, he got his jump shot, and on Christmas Eve with the game on the line, who'd they hand the ball to? Rudolph. Rudolph. Were it not for the bullying that motivated him to improve, Rudolph wanders off to the woods with that shiny red nose and becomes a really easy target for the people serving venison at Christmas dinner. <laughs> you can't offer him up like that, Jimmy. No, I yeah, would never. I love Rudolph. And I'm glad the, he was born to the front of the sleigh. Yeah, he's the guy in high school who didn't make the basketball team and then everyone made fun of him for it. So he hit the gym every single day while yep. everyone else was just yep. goofing around. Now he's leading the team. That true story. It's like Michael Jordan. You know the story about maybe he didn't yep. get, make varsity. And exactly. that's Rudolph. He made varsity. And now he, too, has a gambling problem. A lot of people don't tell you that. <laughs> and tried the baseball game as well. I didn't know. Quit Santa those two Christmases. He was playing minor league baseball. No, hey, He's like, like, I'm going to come back down. I'm just going to throw out a few pitches for a sec. <laughs> no, I, I will say, we keep saying he and Jimmy. I've, I learned at Santa camp that male reindeer shed their antlers during... Ooh. The winter. So Ooh. Rudolph was actually a woman. They were all true? her. They were all ladies. Lady deer. 
I, I, if that is true, that's a first to me. But maybe that squares. I mean, we had a, a female mayor here in Manhattan, uh, Rudolph Giuliani. <laughs> you, you're telling me he had no, he had no antlers. <laughs> It would, you never know. I love this. I love this so much. Continue, please. So I have to, I have to ask you too, because I love, I love talking about traditions and my family mm -hmm. has a bit of a German background and I think it comes from German uh, roots, mm -hmm. but they, we had the pickle in the yep. tree. Can you explain, mm -hmm. do you, do you do that? Or can you explain to people what that is? Well, we are on our side, uh, half Polish and half Sicilian. Okay. That's a true, that's a true story. I actually have an uncle who put out a hit on himself. Mm, that makes hey, I'm kidding. Stick with me. Stick with me. Uh, we have a lot of traditions. That is not one of them. You're going to wind up explaining that to me. But a lot of the traditions we have revolve around what we do serve on Christmas Eve, when we eat on Christmas Day, when the presents get opened, we can get into it. But when you said the pickle, is that an ornament or is that it's they hang it on the tree for some type of good luck? <laughs> Well, you go to a deli in New York and then you get the pickle. And <laughs> Let me get a half sour. Explain it to me. Um, you so you, you have a, it, it's a, it's an ornament and yeah. you hide the pickle in the tree, whoever, I mean, we'd all decorate, help decorate the tree. But then at the end, my parents go and they hide the pickle somewhere in the tree. So wow. after Christmas, when you're taking off the ornaments, the first one to find the pickle gets a special something. Oh. Maybe it's a ride on Rudolph's back it, it TBD now, this year, but now stick with me. Does the pickle, when do you take down your tree? That really depends, but I feel like it's, we do it about the 27th, 28th. Oh, okay. You guys done. Christmas is over. We're not going to overtime. Well, we start super early. We're like okay. after Halloween type of thing. I remember you telling me this once. You basically live in a CVS. Exactly. Yes. You're taking down the tree on Christmas day, the Christmas day practically, so you can get out the <laughs> Valentine's Day decorations. No, sometimes we let it go to New Year's. It depends. Okay. All right. You so, guys are efficient. I get it. Depends on how rotten the pickle is at that point. That's you what I was going to ask it. you. Like, that's why I needed to know, because it sounded like it could be a concern in terms of the quality of the pickle. Yeah. But I do like that because that's essentially another thing of what Christmas is about, which is like, you know, it's a family thing. Yeah. Camaraderie. It's bonding. It is those traditions that make you feel homey. I think what makes Christmas so magical, Ab, is nostalgia. That's why I think Christmas movies endure. You know, a lot of the movies that are marathon movies like Christmas Story or It's a Wonderful Life or, you know, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge. Those are things you watched in other eras of your life that bring you back to like a time of more innocence. And that's what Christmas. And that's what it's ultimately about on a religious level is the innocence of a child. So I think for Christmas, that's why so much of it does center around family. Right. I love that you said that. It's a perfect way to describe it and bringing people together and the relationships that you have. Um, it's nostalgic because of the movies, but also because of the songs. Mm -hmm. We have so many. You could hear a Christmas song and it immediately takes you to that moment. And yep. I, I want to ask you, though, because I was shopping with my parents the other day and I walked into the store and um, what's the song where she's like, um, last Christmas. Gave me oh, my wham. Heart. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. And then the very next day you gave it away. It's, it's actually it's such a peppy song, but you're like, wow, that's kind of sad. And then yeah. my mind went to the song Grandma Got Run Over by a, a Reindeer. And I'm yes. like, whoa, this is so violent. So exactly what? <laughs> Uh -huh. What do you what describe to me why some of these Christmas songs, in your opinion, go okay. a dark turn? Well, this is exactly why. Uh, Christmas is the number one. Uh, December is the number one breakup month of the year. Two what? Reasons. It is. It's a December is breakup season. Are you it's pulling a big my thing. leg? 
No, we did a you segment on this. You don't want to get them Christmas we, gifts or what? We did. That, there's a multitude of reasons. We did a segment on this when I, I was recently hosting Fox News Saturday night. And we did a segment on this where we went out and talked to Americans about this survey on the streets of New York about how December is breakup month for two reasons. One is what you said. Some people want to save money on a present. The other is they're on the fence about the person and they feel like staying with them for a holiday will give the relationship more meaning than it really has. So they're kind of being proactive. But you don't um, have to celebrate if you're a new relationship. Sorry, if you're a new relationship, you don't have to celebrate the, you just say, hey, I'm going to go home to my family. You go home to yours Thank and you. we'll get together Thank later. You. But the fact remains, the reason a lot, a lot of people do get dumped in December, and that's why there is this whole um, culture of Christmas breakup songs. Elvis, I'll have a blue Christmas without you. You know, it's there because there is a subset of people every year that aren't having a Merry Christmas. They got dumped. What so about Grandma? Are, uh, what did she do? Those are adult Christmas songs. Well, there's a thing. People don't understand. Grandma wanted to get run over because she was a Knicks fan. <laughs> and it was like, so many years, what was it, 73 was the last championship, okay? Grandma's not having it. And now, you, now with DraftKings involved, Grandma's out money. Grandma okay, owes was, some bucks. Her last words to that reindeer were thank you. They were <laughs> thank you. Uh, but no, I think a lot of these downtrodden Christmas songs, because there are people that are down in the dumps around the holidays, but you're right to say it's a bummer because there's so many like, I mean, at, at its core, the most positive Christmas song we play is Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is you. Yeah. She's got an empty stocking. She don't got the dude. She wants the dude. She's gonna, though. But she, well, she did it right, Abby, because She'll she be sang an Santa Claus real song. soon. The hey, girl. But the point is, positive energy is what Mariah is using to get that person she wants. Okay. And positive energy is what Christmas is all about. Positive energy is what we're all about. We're only employed. Yeah. Okay, me, obviously, for my looks. But, you know, we're only employed. And okay? your shirts. There's that. Okay. But we are positive energy people. And Fox has the good sense to recognize that in this world, you need emotional ports in the storm. Yeah. I love that. It's great. I, I, I love working with everyone because it is true. It's, I feel so much positivity. Some people hate going into work, but I feel so uplifted. And I'm not just oh, saying no, that because this is being recorded. I truly mean it. I Whoa. Truly this is being recorded? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I don't know. Did we hit the, did we hit the red button? Yeah, I, guys? I don't really know. I, I'm just going to. I'm just going to go ahead and resign. I just uh, did this because I wanted to hang out with you, Jimmy. I know. I know how this works. We'll never <laughs> tell you. But speaking of upbeat, um, I got to ask you about the worst Christmas song, maybe your favorite, and then maybe the worst one, because there's that Chipmunk, Chipmunk song where there's... <laughs> <laughs> that is upbeat for sure, but it just it wears on you after a while. Yeah, especially because you got to realize in order to get three Chipmunks to sing on cue, there was some animal abuse involved. So it's like, uh, even if you even if you like the song, it's not coming from a healthy place. I kid. <laughs> but uh, that is a song to me because I love the Chipmunks as, as a little kid. That still gives me nostalgia, even though it's terrible. Okay. I argue the two worst Christmas songs. Do you know the um, uh, the Christmas rapping song? It's like, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Yes, I have heard that. It's so dumb. But it's endured because this is the deal, okay? There were Christmas songs that cracked the rotation. Like, before you were born, before I was born, like the 70s, once you make the rotation, you're never out. Okay, we think about a song like Grandma Got Run Over by the Reindeer. When you crack the mainstream rotation, you're just there now. You're in it. We'll, we only get, like, that truly crack the essential Christmas list 
If you get one song this year that'll be played three years from now, that's a miracle. So a lot of songs cracked during, they were playing in weak divisions. Like say in 76, and there was nothing else. And they're like, that's that one. It won. It beat out like the Christmas shoes. They're like, we don't want to hear the sad kid song, so we'll give it to and now it's in the rotation. And it wins. It's a good point. I, I have to ask you, I, that's, I feel like that kind of happened to me with Parks, um, which airs on Fox Nation. But people always tell me that it plays in the elevators in the building. And I see it, too, on the elevators. So are you saying that I came in and that's that's why? That's why people, you, I did in the elevator. In a, I cracked it. And people are like, we're so sick of this. We don't want to see it in the elevator anymore. <laughs> if, if I've got to see one more bond yield from Fox <laughs> Business in this elevator. It's got to be something else. People no, are like, how was it swimming with the dolphins? I'm like, huh? And then I realized that that was four years ago and it's still playing in the elevator. I love it. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. I have to also ask you about food and desserts, fruitcake. Have you had it? Oh, we can talk fruitcake. Why does it get such a bad rap? Well, because it's a hate crime. Mm. Okay. Against who? Against everyone. recipient. Against, yeah, against mankind. I mean, the truth is, you know, fruit, there's no one alive that likes fruitcake. Mm. Like our stand, it's back to the song thing. Once things cracked the rotation, they kind of didn't go away. And centuries ago, when fruitcake was probably considered a delicacy because we didn't have palates that could compare it to anything decent, it cracked the rotation and became as much about the gesture as it was about the actual treat and fruitcake has kind of become the ugly sweater of the dessert table. Mm. Okay. It's just associated with Christmas. So it shows up, but deep down, it's not necessary. It's just part of that tradition now. And I think that's where fruitcake has managed to survive is that the truth is if you like fruitcake, uh, you don't have to worry about it going bad because it was never good. That's <laughs> And you know that no one else will eat it. So you have the whole thing to yourself. It's all is, you, baby. Is it worse getting fruitcake in your stocking or coal? <laughs> well, no. as far as the nutritional value, the coal is better for you. It is. That's what I heard. The thing, that's the thing about fruitcake, by the way. It has like 77 cups of sugar, but it's somehow <laughs> bitter. I'm like, how is this bitter? It's like, magical. I lost it's magical a molar. food, Jimmy. I lost a molar unwrapping this. <laughs> Um, something else that has always bothered me is that in Christmas movies where Santa is real, but the yep. parents don't believe in him, but then it turns out at the end, they're like, oh, he's real, whatever. What, how do they explain to their kids if they don't believe in Santa, but Santa's obviously real? What are they telling their kids that Santa's, how do the presidents, pre presidents, the presidents getting delivered? Well, that's the thing. Uh, you got a lot of parents out there that don't think it through. Like they're not self-aware mm. about the message they're sending to their kids. Because the one thing you need to do with your kids, whether you're disciplining them, whether you're educating them, okay, whether you're enlightening them religiously, is you need to be consistent in your messaging. Those parents are in fact guilty of bad messaging in those Christmas movies. Thank you, Santa has the power to correct them. Mm. And he kind of bails them out. It's like, you know, when the ref swallows the whistle, Yeah. Santa swallows the whistle on some bad parenting they ultimately get away with one. But in the end, it's a win for the kids so you can forgive the parents. All we want to know is that it turns out okay for the kids. Christmas is about the kids, okay? And that's what I attribute it to. I attribute the parents to being 
you know, they say inconsistency is the hallmark of a bad team. Mm -hmm. And if you are an inconsistent messenger as a parent, that's the hallmark of bad parenting. Thankfully, we have Santa to save the day. Santa's just the best, isn't he? We, we, so he's my, our guy. Back to being president, I think we've got a good candidate in him. Well, the thing about Santa is, okay, most of his supporters aren't old enough to vote. <laughs> <laughs> He'd run away with this thing. He would run away with this thing. If we, if we lower the voting age, Santa does multiple terms. There you go. And he's got all of his elves that are going to run things for him anyway, probably. Thank you. Except, yeah, that's the fair story. Like, you're not wrong here. Adam. Yeah. Jimmy, last question I got for you. You had mentioned some things that the Fela household does. What is your favorite Christmas tradition? Oh, here we go. Okay. Christmas Eve. Okay. And this goes back to when my grandma was still alive. We celebrated at her house. In the Polish tradition, it's the only actual day of the year because I'm not like ethnic Polish. You know what I mean? So I don't speak it. I don't traffic in it all year long, but on Christmas Eve, they always made this meal of Polish pierogies, which I love, Ooh, like a ravioli or a dumpling for all intents and purposes with either cheese or meat or vegetable in it. Uh, and they made a, a fried fish, just a flounder, not even fancy. And it was basically like raviolis and a flounder. And there was Christmas music blasting. They were frying it in a pan, grease as far as the eye could see. Mm. Like people were getting black lung on the way to the dinner. And I never felt more alive as a child than I did in my grandma's house on Christmas Eve because Santa was coming. And as a kid, that is the magic. And I can now, to this day, one of the most vivid memories of my life is walking down the steps of my grandma's house on Christmas Eve, knowing I was going home to go to bed and Santa was coming and checking that night sky. Like I was an FAA, like flight deck guy. Use NORAD. Looking. I knew that. Say, I thought I was going to spot the sleigh hard. Yeah. And it was so powerful. And so going forward, obviously, we don't celebrate at my grandma's house anymore. Uh, she's no longer with us, which is a reminder to pay your debts to the bookie. Yeah. Um, but no, I my God. Getting run over by a reindeer. God, God, stop it. Yeah, he ran her down. Um, but the point is, uh, we still have that meal on Christmas Eve. Mm. And it's an awesome thing to be a part of because back to the nostalgia of childhood, you don't have the meal and not tie the conversation into every single time you've ever had it and who mm. was with you and who might not be with you anymore. So I love the power of Christmas to tie eras in your life together. That's my favorite thing. That's beautiful. Who makes the pierogies hey. now? Uh, so the same chefs, my mom and my Aunt Fran rock them out. My grandma's contribution to this is she would fry the fish and uh, she would blast either the polka music or the Christmas music, but she was also simultaneously like the, I mean, the maestro when it comes to kids. Like she was the, she was the assignment desk. You guys go over there and do this. You guys are going to do that. And it was rad. It was just awesome. And uh, as a kid, I was so blessed to have been prioritized as a child when it came to Christmas. And my message to anybody watching is, you know, we've done this from every end of the spectrum. You know, Christmas is a time of joy and your kids don't know your adversities. You know, you don't need to be rich to give your kids a phenomenal Christmas. You need to give them a good time. Put on the song you like, you know, make something fun. Get them some kind of a present. It doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to compete with the neighbors. You just have to teach them to have fun because that's what Christmas is all about. And yeah. if you nail fun, Ab, as you know, uh, we're all in the fun business. Whatever it says on your business card, the actual point of being alive is to have fun. Amen. So if you spend Christmas having fun, you teach family how to have fun, and that becomes your Christmas tradition, you have paid it forward for the rest of your life. It's You're the welcome. memories. My mom always says it's the best gift you can give someone is memories and your time. Yep. And yep. for you with the with your grandma, she tied together 
the eras, the generations to come with the smell of her cooking and her yep. her spirit yep. and that spirit is living on. So thank you, Jimmy. I love that. Now I'm craving a pierogi. There it is, Abby. I'm coming well, you're over. Allowed eat, you're allowed to eat them. I was told by wardrobe I can't have them this year. But next year. <laughs> next year. Can't pop a button off that shirt. <laughs> That's why I wore a sweater so I can eat whatever I want. No one's well sees. played. Well played. <laughs> Jimmy, you're the best. Thank you so much for coming on. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Enjoy. And oh, hopefully it'll come on again soon because it's always so much fun. This was epic. Next time I was told you're going to turn my mic on and everything. All right. If you miss anything from class, these are my office hours. And here is a top takeaway about weird holiday traditions. Jimmy came on to talk to me about all things weird Christmas, and he has a book out called The Cancel Culture Dictionary, which also talks about some weird things. So be sure to go pick one of those up soon and have a very Merry Christmas in whatever way you celebrate. I love to hear about all of it. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com and don't forget to subscribe to this one on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This is Beginning School with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.